Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you'd like to be part of today's three-hour presentation, all you have to do, pick up your telephone any point during the show, and give us a hit. Three, three hours we have. 800-848-WABC is that number, 800-848-9222. If you are in New York City, if you are anywhere in the country, in the world, if you are in the path of hurricane and you still have cell service, you want to give us a call, we'd like to hear from you. That's where we're going to start today. There's residual from the hurricanes that is in the news, and some people are said to be panicked because of remarks that our vice president made, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris was speaking before the Democrat National Committee's Women's Leadership Forum yesterday. And rather than me tell you what she said, why don't you listen to what she said? It is our um, lowest-income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and, and so women. we absolutely and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity understanding that we we fight for equality but we also need to fight for equity understanding not everyone starts out at the same place and if we want people to be in an equal place sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. I'm trying, I have tried very, very hard not to make it personal with any of these politicians and to just talk about policy. It is going to take a lot of restraint for me to do that because I, I don't know how in the world you can look in the face of entire communities that have been wiped out in Florida. And thank you if you in South Carolina, thankfully, we're not expecting the same kind of loss of life. Right now, ABC News is reporting over 30 people so far found dead in the wake of Ian. Uh, some of the pictures that have come in from Florida show that entire communities have been wiped out, entire neighborhoods, I should say, have been wiped out. And so now you have the Vice President of the United States saying that we're going to distribute help based on color. Because, you know, in the past, some people have not been... Everybody's not equal, and so our job in in hurricane response is to go in and with a look at equality and a look at equity and make sure that people who have the least resources, people of color, are going to get the help first. This is, aside from it being disgusting, morally disgusting, it makes you wonder how this woman rose to be the second highest elected official in the land. If she thinks this is the moment when people are suffering the way that they are suffering, when the dead bodies are not even recovered fully, when the president of the United States has even said this may be one of the worst hurricanes ever to hit this country. For you to go on a stage and start talking about equity and equality and how you're going to hand out resources is beyond reprehensible. It is 
it is it is a view into a mind that is scary, frankly. One that sees human beings not as people, but as a commodity of color. And if you happen to be the right color, then we'll give you the resources first because we're going to assume that you, because of your color, are often hard to say it is racist, it is vile, it is immoral. It goes against everything that people should be talking about in terms of a response to a natural disaster like this. You go to where the need is. You go to where people are hurting. You don't look at their skin color. You don't try to analyze what happened in America three, four hundred, one hundred fifty-five years ago. You give people help based on what happened. Why is that so difficult? This, if there is an underlying theme of some of the things that I'd like to discuss today with you, it is trust. There's another report today about the lack of Americans taking the new COVID boosters. They don't trust them. There's a story today about the FBI and the Gates investigation. You know, they they let it leak that they were trying to investigate Matt Gates for having sex with a 17-year-old girl. They did all this. They smeared his name. And, of course, at the end of the day, nothing. There's no trust. At least conservatives don't have trust in the FBI. You saw the way that they handled Donald Trump. You saw the way that they're still trying to go after Donald Trump. Letitia James made it clear that she wants to try to get these criminal charges against Donald Trump, or, or, or I'm sorry, the civil case moved before the midterm elections. It's political. Who can trust her? She doesn't deserve to be trusted because she out front, even before there was a cause, said that she was going to aim to target Donald Trump, and that's what she's done. If you look at what has happened in New York and what is happening in New York, there is a story today about New York Governor Hochul, our Governor Hochul. Video of Hochul already under fire for accusations of her pay-to-play campaign donations involving an overpriced, no-bid, $637 million COVID test to one of her donors. Now she met with, went to the mansion of Alexander Roft, a billionaire mega donor. Billionaire. He's the chairman of the board of One Brooklyn Health Systems Incorporated. They run a network of medical facilities where the coronavirus reportedly ran wild. Financially distressed, Interfaith Medical Center, Kingsbrook, Brookdale. Yet Hochul and the Democrats in the legislature pumped $1.7 billion into this network of failed financially distressed hospitals. He and his wife donated $139,400 to Hochul's campaign. Rolf also has ownership interest in the Optima Care Smithtown Nursing Home and a home health care agency, Prime Health Choice. He serves on the board. 
He sought and won state approvals for nursing homes from then-Governor Andrew Cuomo. In July, the health department told New York Presby, Will Cornell, it would only grant approval of a new $8.4 million heart transplant center in Manhattan if the hospital formed a partnership with Rove's One Brooklyn System or another operator. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, while the government, New York State government, can shut your business down, they can tell you that you have to shut your doors if you're a business owner. While they can tell you you can't send your kids to school and you have to suffer, and yeah, for many of you that you will even lose your jobs if you don't agree to their mandate. If you're the big millionaire, the big billionaire, if you are the friends of Democrats, you get all kind of things thrown your way. You can get taxpayer money, $637 million here, another $1.7 billion of taxpayer money can go to you. You're filthy freaking rich, and it doesn't matter. You throw some money up at Governor Hochul, you throw some money up at Governor Cuomo, and never mind that you're financially distressed. Now, think about this. You're a multi-billionaire. You're a billionaire. You're running institutions, healthcare institutions that are financially distressed. Is anyone asking you to put your own money into some of these financially distressed operations that you run? No. You put your hand out to government. Government puts money in your hand if you're well-connected. And this little billionaire guy has the nerve to now have a private little chat with Governor Hochul. Never mind what it looks like. Never mind the appearance of impropriety. So why would you trust Governor Hochul? Why would you trust anybody connected with the health care system in New York to give you honest, honest information? But no, we can fire city workers. We can tell people that they're not going to collect their unemployment while the government hands over $1.7 billion dollars to financially distressed, which means, in my mind, somehow or another mismanaged hospital operations by a billionaire who he and his wife just happened to put money in the pockets of Governor Hochul. Now, maybe that's unfair. I don't know how these hospitals are running and how they're not running, but if they're financially distressed, why is the government trying to pump them up instead of putting resources in the hospitals that aren't failing, if they have to put resources at all. These are private concerns. Why is the government putting money in there? They don't put money in your business. They tell you to shut down. They don't care how hard you've worked all your life to open up a business. They will shut you down. And at the same time, while they shut people down in New York, all across New York State, while they forced seniors into nursing homes where they died, and there is no accountability, here you have the same government throwing money at this billionaire who just happens, he and his wife, to be mega donors for Kathy Hochul. And that's on top of this New Jersey company 
They're charged twice as much as everybody else for COVID tests. You got a no-bid $637 million. This stinks to high heaven. Why should you trust Governor Hochul? Why should you trust New York State government? These people are failing in their most basic responsibilities. All this is happening while they have mentally ill people running the streets of New York, killing an EMT worker. Now, the governor and everybody else will be there talking about how sad they are that this EMT worker has been brutally, barbarically murdered. They always show up for the photo ops. But where is the responsibility to keep these people off the street? They failed. Why should you trust any of these people? Why should you trust Governor Hochul? Why should you trust this billionaire roved? Why should you trust Letitia James? Why should you trust Kamala Harris? Why should you trust the FBI? Everywhere you look around, you see failure. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Bobby Brown brings us back. Eight hundred eight four eight W A B C is the number to call. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Yeah, the more you think about it, folks. It is all about trust. Look, folks, I mean, we, we, we live in a country that, that despite everything, every, every single thing that had transpired in America up from the days when America was first founded up and through this century, until very recently, there was a sort of common social contract in America. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that this is the first time that we've seen this kind of corruption. Anybody that studied New York history knows that the New York institution of government has been corrupt since Tammany Hall. We've never been able to get the corruption out of New York to corrupt the corruption now goes well past a century in New York. By the way, as long as Democrats have pretty much been in office, with few exceptions, like Rudy Giuliani, like Lindsey, who was a liberal Democrat, with few exceptions, New York has been run by Democrats for almost 200 years. So they have built upon centuries and decades and decades and decades of corruption. 
if you go back, you remember things like the parking scandal, where these politicians were stealing hundreds and thousands of dollars from the parking meters that they would charge you. Most people don't even remember this. Remember Donald Manis, the uh, the borough president of Queens, stuck a knife in his chest and killed himself when this thing came out. You can go back through scandal after scandal after scandal in New York history, and those are the ones that have been discovered, not the ones that remain uncovered. And so what Governor Hochul is now what's coming to light about her donors and the way that they all get money from the from this. And, and it does look, it has the appearance, no proof, it has an appearance of impropriety. There is no proof yet of impropriety, but there is a strong appearance of it. And then when you go to the federal level, Democrats are said to be upset. Democrat rips Pelosi for failure of House leadership after stock act tanks calls for new leaders. U.S. Representative Abigail Spanberger, Virginia, slammed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Friday for a failure of leadership after she refused to address legislation that would have imposed tougher stock trading restrictions on members of Congress. Why is this important? Because the Democrats are brazen. We have seen Pelosi's family and how they benefit from tech stocks. And surprisingly enough, that comes within a reasonable proximity to legislation that actually makes those stocks more valuable. Nancy Pelosi has been promising for two years that she would address the concerns of, and not just her caucus, but this was a bipartisan, which is rare in Congress, a bipartisan effort to say, hey, listen, guys, we're in Congress. We shouldn't be trading stocks when we have inside information. It looks bad. And for two years, Democrats have been stalling. Finally, yesterday, Nancy Pelosi came out and said, oh, we can't get the votes for this thing. They complicated the bill up so bad that they knew it wouldn't pass. They played games with it. And then Pelosi, ah, we're not going to call the votes for it. We don't have the votes to pass it. Now, Pelosi's had an unusually bad week. We played sound bites earlier in the week of a group of Hispanic youngsters calling Pelosi a liar and angry with her. Pelosi had something else to say this week that was just unbelievable. She, like other Democrats and Democrats in the media, their allies, have been trying to use this hurricane to go after this horrible hurricane to score political points against Ron DeSantis. So what did Pelosi come out and say? She says, in Florida, some of the farmers and growers are saying, why are you shipping these migrants up north, these immigrants? We need them to pick crops down here. Yeah, Pelosi, she might as well say, we need these Hispanic, I was going to use a slur that Democrats in her position might be thinking but I won't. We need, you, you might as well just say, we need them to pick the cotton. We need them to pick the crops. 
That's all these Hispanics are good for, picking the crops. In Florida, some of the farmers and growers are saying, why are you shipping these immigrants up north? They're here illegally. Why are we shipping them to Martha's Vineyard? Why did DeSantis do it? To make a point about this broken immigration system. And instead, Pelosi says, hey, well, some of the farmers are saying, why ship them up north? Gay? We need them down here to go pick the, go pick the crops, go work out in the, in, in the field. They're field hands. That's all they represent. This is, again, this blatant racism that comes out of the mouth of Democrats. I tell you, the immigration is so problem is so widespread these days. There's an article in BizPack Review today. Bill Clinton breaks with the Democrats, says there's a limit. There's a limit to how many immigrants the United States can take without disruption. I got news for you, Bill. Nice of you. You must not be smoking the cigar that you had stuck up the intern these days. You notice, huh, that our country's being overrun with illegal immigration. Democrats, why should you trust Nancy Pelosi to tell you the truth? These people brazenly make their little stock deals. They go to Congress. She And, and by the way, I'm not just saying this is Democrats. I don't know any Republicans offhand. They went after Burr, the senator in North Carolina, over his financial transactions. But you go to Congress, some of these people, they become filthy rich. They have access to all kind of legislation that's going to pass, that's going to affect stocks. They, 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 they invest in stocks. Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi have made millions of dollars with stock trading. Some of it brazen, brazen, the NVIDIA stock this year that they bought that went up by, by just, um, it just soared in price. And then Pelosi can face the cameras and say, oh, we didn't have the votes to stop this. Why should you trust any of them? Why should you trust them? They get rich. They enrich themselves. Governor Hochul and her billionaire donors, they do okay while telling you to shut down your business. No, they don't. They don't tell you. They demand it. And if you don't, they'll throw you in jail. These people are tyrants. They are modern-day tyrants. They dishonor everything that the American dream is all about. And yet, and yet, they're still in office. They can brazenly do this in front of the face of Americans. And yet, half of this country still puts their, f- f- their, their trust in these Democrats. Coming back, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You're welcome to join us. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800 848 
Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Coolio brings us back. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying and chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta low. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of cheater little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street Those of you that listen to the show this week know that we spend some time uh, talking about Coolio. He was not a one-dimensional rapper. He also did a stint as a firefighter out in San Jose. To try to give back, he said. It, 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 he said that gave him some much-needed discipline. And there was something that came up yesterday. I played it yesterday. I was disturbed when I saw it. And let me just give you a little background on it. Um, the I have been hearing for for years that there is a child sex trafficking ring that has been operating in the highest echelons of power. In Los Angeles. I haven't talked about it because it's just, I, you know, I try to stay away from stuff I consider to be kookville. And by kookville, I mean unsubstantiated conspiracy-type theories. There are people who, who whose shows specialize with that stuff. And I don't like it. I, I think that it is abhorrent to go down the, the kook road, as I call it, with all these conspiracy theories based on nothing but conjecture and what some people say on the Internet. But there was a cut that I saw yesterday from one of Coolio's friends who had been talking with him. Yesterday when we played it, it may have offended some people because there was some uh, vulgarities in it that were not bleeped out. We bleeped out the vulgarities, and so... I feel comfortable in playing the whole thing today. I was distracted yesterday when we played it, once I heard it. And I found this troubling, given that we still don't know the cause of death, and I am not making any aspersions as to why Coolio died. We don't know. That still, he has not had, there have not been results of an autopsy that have been released. Some are speculating it could have just been cardiac arrest. Wonder if he had the vaccine. Um, but anyway, this cut came out, and I just it, it struck my ear. I found it curious, and so I'm going to play it again. Is he? Julio was telling me about how a couple of I'm not going to say no names, but some big, big top top hats of the industry were coming at him. Males, by the way, were coming at him asking for sex. You know, um, they were coming at him. Talking about some child trafficking stuff, and you know, we were going to expose it all. There's a lot of shit I know that I want to tell now, people. Now, this is cool, y'all. There's a lot of things that I want to teach, but I'm afraid. I'm going to be honest mm. with you. I'm scared because I, I got four grandchildren. And I got, I got, and I got, I got children that are in this world. I got people 
care about. And they, I got people that I care about that, that don't necessarily believe what I believe. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not, I have no fear of death. And I think that those that would oppose my my beliefs, they, they've probably done enough. If, if, if somebody's after me or if somebody's watching me, then they know enough about me to know that I have no fear of death. So killing me don't mean it just it just confirms that what I said was true. Hmm. But I do have a fear of them hurting my family. So I'm mad about certain things. I don't talk about everything I know because I don't I don't want my I don't want nobody in my family to hurt. Well, I'm upset. So many different things that we were going to talk about exposing the industry, exposing a lot of the stuff that's happening in this nation, dealing with the government, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember he was telling me he was worried about talking about certain things because he didn't know what they would do to his family. He wasn't worried about what they would do to him. He was worried about his children. And I was telling him, no, I don't even think like that. You know, just let's do this for the people. And in fact, we could we could do it educationally. So it could almost seem as if it will be flying up under the radar. But, you know, we don't got to go straight direct with it. I don't want to say political power, but the amount of social power that I that I was able to achieve. Yeah, well, his secrets are dead now. And again, you know, you think about some of the childhood actors that have come forth and said, you know, we've got a problem out here, and they were ignored. Then years later, we learn about Harvey Weinstein. We learn about all of that stuff. We learn about Bill Cosby. We learn about others in the industry. There have been allegations for years that have been circling about child sex trafficking in the Hollywood industry involving names, big names in Hollywood. And some of them, by the way, go beyond Hollywood and entertainment into the tech field. That's all I will say about it. There is no proof of anything I do think if there are investigative reporters out in America that this is something that they may want to look at. Maybe. I don't know. I just found it ironic that this surfaced right after Coolio's untimely passing at age 59. And that's all I'll say about it. Again, I'm not trying to. I I would love to see an age when we can trust journalism again. As I said, many of the things that are bothering me today involve trust. Everywhere you turn, whether it's New York State and Governor Hochul and her donors, who all seem to be making money off the government, well, not all, that's an overstatement, two of them we know of seem to be benefiting from the relationship or the appearances that they benefited from the relationship with her and with Democrats. I continue to say, ladies and gentlemen, that we have witnessed the biggest scandal in human history, and there's very little that has been done about it, that being the COVID scandal. How is it? There was another story today about a young woman who took a COVID, who took the vaccine yesterday, and today she's fighting for her life. 
We don't know whether there's a causation there. But these stories have been, they're on social media. You can't find journalists seriously looking at them in this country. You had Nate Silver from 538 say that one of the vaccine makers may have withheld the vaccine in order to hurt Donald Trump and his re-election bid. We still don't know where COVID really came from, whether it was a human-made disease out of the Wuhan lab or whether it occurred naturally. There was a Daily Mail story that involved Moderna and how a Moderna patented cellular structure was fine in found inside the COVID virus. That was the Daily Mail. There are so many unanswered questions. We do know that people were in New York were thrown into nursing homes, and they shouldn't have been. We do know that people have lost their livelihood, and they shouldn't have. And yet, there's no real expose on all of this. We do know that certain drugs that that people like myself took that worked, the American public was told by politicians and by their allies in the mainstream media that they didn't work. And that was clearly to try to discredit President Trump. We do know there were false studies that were created to back it up and then later found Oh, I'm sorry, these these studies. There was a study that was issued as soon as Donald Trump came out and said hydroxychloroquine worked, which was a drug that was cheap, readily available. There was a move underway inside certain members of the medical community and the press to discredit it. We know that to be fact. We know that there are reports all around the world. Mark Stein has done amazing work on this that there are problems with some people uh, that could be, and I, I put in quotes, could be related to the vaccine. And yet we can't get straight answers from the press. We know the FBI, switching gears from COVID, tried to take Donald Trump out. We know that. And the same DOJ now, and the same FBI is involved in this Mar-a-Lago raid. Who do you trust? There's a story in the Daily Caller today about how the people that were involved in this Matt Getz investigation should be fired. It was clearly, the implication being it was clearly political. Who do you trust? Who do you trust, ladies and gentlemen? I'm asking you, who do you trust? Do you trust what you hear from the mainstream press anymore? Do you trust what you hear from Democrat or Republican politicians? Can you trust your Justice Department? Can you trust your medical community where doctors that are trying to tell patients that the information that they're getting is wrong are banned from social media or have their jobs threatened by a medical establishment? Do you trust the medical establishment in this country anymore to tell you the truth? about what's good for you, we do know that this vaccine, this vaccine has created a new class of billionaires, including two over at Moderna. Who do you trust? 
Can you trust Governor Hochul? Her administration gives a no-bid contract to one of her largest donors. They charge double the amount for creating COVID tests on a no-bid contract that nets them over $600 million. Meanwhile, we're told that we don't have money to house, that we don't have money to take care of the mentally ill in New York. We don't have money to educate the children in New York properly. We don't have money to put up homeless shelters or to, or to, to treat people in the street who in turn threaten the safety of New Yorkers. We're told there's no money to do all of that. Yet you see all this money flying around, and this money ends up in the pockets of donors. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? 800-848-WABC. Who do you trust? Everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking what's going on in the kitchen. But I don't know what's cooking. They say I got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't. I guess they won't. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Shot to the heart, and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad name. Bon Jovi brings us back. WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, music radio is here. On WABC, on the weekends, we have Cousin Brucey. We have Gina Martin, Tony Orlando, Joe Piscopo doing the Sinatra Show, sponsored by Ramsey Mazda. Later today, Sid is going to join us, Bernie and Sid, Sid Rosenberg, and of course, our very own Princess Diana will join us. Tell you what we should do, and that's head to the telephones. Don't want to get too far ahead of some of these things that we've already talked about. Let us start with Jimmy in Brooklyn. My man, Jimmy, how are you, Jimmy? Good. How are you? We spoke once before about the chemtrails. Oh, yes. Okay. So now, first I want to start with conspiracy theories. That phrase was coined by the people that are doing these things. They just throw it out there as soon as something happens, conspiracy theory, and everybody's like, oh, it's conspiracy theory. But Julio is not by far the first person to talk about this and ends up dead. And there are many investigative journalists that also ended up dead to try Who? to investigate. Name them. names. Name I names. I don't know the name. I don't know the name. Okay. FBI agent, I believe, a woman. Okay. I, I researched this a while ago, so the name... Well, if you Joe researched it, who, look, John, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you, Jimmy. I love you, but listen, this is my problem with it. There are conspiracies in the world. I'm not saying conspiracies don't exist. The word conspiracy came into being because it is very possible that two or more people do conspire to do things, in some cases... We've seen a conspiracy. There there was a conspiracy to take down Donald Trump. We see it. We saw the results of that. But when when people start telling me things that like, oh, okay, we've got chemtrails out here, 
and and people are putting chemicals in the air and ooh, look at those lines. Ooh, that's the chemtrail. Okay, yeah, rightio. We had a caller yesterday, Tom, lovely guy, love the guy. But he's telling us that we're supposed to believe that man, mankind can steer hurricanes. We have hurricanes, we can determine where hurricanes hit. I'm sorry. That's nonsense. That's straight up. Well, that's that straight far. up nonsense. No, so well, no. Let me no no. Right. Let me say something to you. Don't expect me or anyone else to put up with nonsense. And right now, this nonsense is seeping into our everyday lives. We're told that men who still have their dangly hanging between their legs are women. No, they're not. They're men. They're biological men. Now, they may identify as women, and that's okay with me. I don't care how you identify yourself. You have the right to identify yourself any way you want to. I don't hate you because of it. I don't hate you. That, I don't, I, I'm not mad at you because you want to identify as a woman. That's your right. But don't tell me I have to believe that you're a woman when you have a dangly hanging in between your legs. You're still a biological male. And now we have government officials saying, no, 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 you have to treat them like they're women. Oh, really? No. So let me say about Hollywood. If you look around, you see all the satanic symbolism. You see around their necks, the go heads. All they do the throw up the triangles and all this stuff. Well, why aren't they symbolizing Jesus or they a God or you know Buddha or whatever? Why is it all the evil, devil worshiping stuff? There's a lot of stuff that's going on that's really, really crazy. Now, now Jimmy, thing, now let's 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 deal with that for a minute, okay? There have been, and I've noticed this on Netflix. Netflix has a show on that's pretty much trying to make the devil a regular guy, and in fact, a likable guy. He's Lucifer, but Lucifer comes into this family, and they write this whole show on how Lucifer, he's this playboy, suave guy that really means no harm. He's just the devil. And so they're normalizing that. If you do look at some of the symbolism that comes out of some of the perverse things that come out of Hollywood, I couldn't agree with you more. You see perversity on parade coming out of Hollywood. You see a lot of perversity coming out of Hollywood. That doesn't mean, therefore, that that can prove the existence of a ring of pedophilia, which is why I'm saying we do need the... People have been charging this for a long time, making allegations. And I do think that with all this talk about child trafficking, that we do need some enterprising reporters to take a look at this. Look, we have, we have undocumented minors that have poured across the American border in, by the scores of thousands. What's happened to these kids? Where are they? Who's minding the store? We don't know. Jimmy, I got to give you the last word, then I got to go to a break. All right. What I'm going to say, my last thing, because at a, at, a, at a point, circumstantial evidence is very important. People have gone to prison because of circumstantial evidence. It doesn't have to be direct. There's so much evidence around. After a while, I feel like people lost their ability to reason and figure things out. You need something thrown right in front of your face. 
when there's so much circumstantial evidence. Now, the last People in the is, media have a responsibility, Jimmy, to be not only if you're going to make allegations and say that something is something, that this exists, you have a responsibility to be able to back it up. I'm not saying, look, some of the things that I resent, I said I was going to give you the last word. I'm so sorry. I'm taking the last word, Jimmy. Let me let you finish your point, and then I'll, I'll rant afterwards. Go ahead and finish your point, Jimmy. Okay. It's hard to get such hard evidence when the top agencies cover up everything. You know how corrupt they are right now. So how do people get proof when stuff's covered up? Hunter Biden's laptop has been in the FBI's possession for two years. We know there's pedophilia on there and everything. Why does nothing happen? Everything gets buried and covered up. It's so difficult to expose it. They're very wealthy, very powerful, and it's very hard to get solid evidence on it. But there's a lot of circumstantial evidence. And Anne Hesch died in that car crash. You know, she was working with that representative that also died in the car crash of pedophilia. They're both dead. Now, that we know. So thank you for that. Now, thank you for that. And that's the second time, by the way, I've heard this about the representative. And I don't know that for a fact. I'm going to have to look into that to see whether that was indeed what she was working on, on a car crash that is now blamed on her staffer who apparently was trying to get around a, a get around a truck he pulled out without being able to see into the other lane and got smashed head on. And that could have been an accident, okay? But I will say this about Hunter Biden's laptop. What he says, folks, is the truth. We know that there were things on that laptop. They've been exposed, and yet our Department of Justice, FBI, will not investigate, apparently. We also know that the Biden family has some other issues. The daughter of President Biden wrote in a diary that was stolen. They say stolen. The daughter left behind in a motel room, apparently a hotel room, and it was found and then and then sold. Well, apparently they tried to sell it. She wrote in that diary that, there were inappropriate things going on in the shower with her dad. That would be President Joe Biden. I just want to know where would the press be if there were a diary that was discovered, let's say, of Ivanka claiming that her dad did inappropriate things with her in the shower. Why, that'd be front page news, front and center. We'd still be hearing about that. Out of every time the view open, people on the view open their mouth, they'd be talking about that one. But we don't, the press refuses to really cover that. So here's, let me again just say where I'm coming from with this business with kooks. There are things that are absurd. And I'm sorry, they're absurd. The idea that human beings can decide they want to steer a hurricane to hit a particular place. You know, that's what Louis uh, Louis Farrakhan said about Bush 43 back when Katrina hit, that it was targeted to Louisiana to hurt black people. It was absurd then. It's absurd now. Mankind does not have the ability to steer hurricanes anywhere. It's absurd And don't ask me to believe in the absurdity, even if you believe it. It's absurd. 
I've heard all through my years about the Trilateralist Commission. There's the, the, the Center for Foreign Relations. That's the other big one. The Council on Foreign Relations, I'm sorry. The Bilderbergers. All that stuff. That stuff has been circulating back in the day. It was the Birch Society. You know, John Kennedy in 1961 gave a speech about how these conspiracy theorists were a threat to America because they were running around with their kooky things even then. That is not to say that there are not things that do need to be investigated that are true. But there is also so much absurdity. Here's an absurdity. Oh, you know that school shooting? Oh, that didn't really happen. It was staged. You know another absurdity? Oh, we never went to the moon. That was just staged in a in a Hollywood theater. Don't expect people to believe absurd things. Kooks. But I love kooks. In fact, I have friends that are major kooks. And I love them dearly. James Golden, AK, I'm still not going to believe the absurd. We have enough dealing with the stuff that isn't absurd that we have to contend with every day. James Golden, AK, Snurdly. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hour one, number one is in the in the absurd tank. We'll be back. Hours number two and three coming up. Don't go away. <laughs> Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, our number two, our number duo. It's our Saturday morning radio. Extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Like to be part of the program. 800-848-WABC. Send to call 800-848-9222. A Michigan man, ladies and gentlemen, has finally been charged. This is the one that shot an 84-year-old anti-abortion canvasser, a pro-life canvasser. She was out canvassing in Michigan in Iona County. The she was at a house, and the this man claimed that this eighty-four-year-old woman refused to leave the door of his house, and he accidentally shot her. It took oh, it took almost three days for them to charge this guy. Of course, there is the other case where you have a guy that ran over a seventeen-year-old. Republican, because he was a Republican, he's free on bail. Meanwhile, they tell us 
that we have to worry about the January 6th people. All the left, they're just clean as the wind-driven snow. All those Antifa protests that you saw all those years, oh, forget that stuff. The real domestic terrorists in America, oh, no, no, they're all right-wingers. Oh, huh. one of these days. I, I'm going to find a translator that really knows Italian well in a female voice. This new prime minister of Italy is, the Biden administration is the latest to weigh in and try to disparage her. I've been reading translations of the remarks that she's making. This woman is terrific. But of course, we talked in the first hour about Kamala Harris' statement, and I want to play it again because I want those of you that weren't with us for the full hour to hear we let off with this. I want you to hear what your vice president has to say about efforts going on to provide aid for those communities in Florida and I guess South Carolina as well that have been heavily impacted by Hurricane Ian. And to me, it's just almost unbelievable. It's believable because it's Kamala Harris, but otherwise it's unbelievable. It is our... Um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and so we absolutely and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place and if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. So we're going to give away hurricane relief based on skin color because, you know, people of color get, 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 get hurt more in hurricanes. So if your house was wiped out and you happen to be white, sit there and hold tight. We're going to find some black people and people of color, maybe brown people, some Asians, you know, because they get hit worse. Their houses, if they get if they get wiped away in the storm, they suffer more than you. If you happen to be white and your house got wiped out, just you know, just just consider it that you know we're going to try to make everybody equal based on the past. And and you people had it good in the pre- past year, so just sit out there homeless and sit out there and wait. Maybe we'll get around to, to trying to offer you a few bottles of water and some crumbs down the road because you're white and the government has an obligation to not help you first. These people are vile. Their thought process is vile and they, their policies are vile and hurtful and anti-American. The idea that the government should play footsies with skin color to decide how to distribute hurricane aid. This, this woman has the audacity. And if you heard, there was applause at the end of it. Now, there's also a battle going on concerning the school lunch pro the school loan program that Joe Biden illegally unilaterally put together Joe Biden decides he's just going to hand out 
what could end up being close to a trillion dollars or more in handouts for a select group of Americans, these being college students and people who made a choice to take out loans. They made a choice to borrow money. And Joe Biden is now finding out that there are some people in the United States that don't agree with him. Those people that don't agree with him are several Republican attorney generals. They have filed suit to stop it. The Democrats are unhappy. Chuck Schumer, New York's Chuck Schumer came out yesterday and was those damn Republicans, those damn Republicans, because they all are presuming that, oh, we're, listen to what the press secretary for Joe Biden, Karine Jean-Luc Picard, um, not Picard, Karine Jean-Pierre, had to say about the student loan. But, um, you know, when you think about uh, what we're trying to do, right, we're trying to give relief uh, to to everyday Americans, right? We're trying to give relief to uh, working families. We're trying to give uh, relief to working Americans. And the fact that uh, you see uh, folks out there in Republican states that are making it very hard for us to do that, for us to give a little bit of a breathing room uh, to uh, working Americans, uh, I I think it's uh, it's it's really unfortunate because what we are doing is actually popular uh, with Americans. What we are doing is actually giving Americans an opportunity to put money down on a house, an opportunity to start uh, a family, and so uh, that is what uh, un- unfortunately we're seeing uh, uh, that red these uh, red state. Uh, uh, Republican officials uh, are doing. And remember, this is going to help 40 million Americans who truly, really uh, need uh, just a little bit more space. Do you anticipate, though, that the plan is not- You know, this woman, again, I try not to make it personal. And I'm going to continue to try to restrain myself because there's a word that comes to mind every time I hear this woman speak. And I don't know what it takes to become the press secretary anymore. Do you have to, as a qualification, not understand anything about the Constitution of the United States? That must be one of the qualifications. Karine Jean-Pierre, it is unconstitutional. In our country, Karine Jean-Pierre, the Congress has the power of appropriations. That is a constitutional mandate. We have this document called the Constitution. Karim. In the Constitution, it's right there in writing. It says Congress. It doesn't say the President. It says the Congress, the House of Representatives, in fact, not even the Senate, is where appropriations begin. Right there. It's black and white. President Biden does not have the constitutional authority to pick and choose who he's going to give money to. Now, you may think it's a good thing. Oh, we're just trying to give some money away. Oh, we're just trying to give money away to these people. We're trying to, and and the Republicans, these red state officials, they just don't want us to help people. They just don't want us to give away money because we're giving people, you know, go, go get a mortgage. 
Go 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 buy a house. Go buy a TV. Go buy a car. Go get some designer sneakers. Go buy things. We just want to give people money to buy things. There are plenty of people who are suffering with a mortgage. Why don't you give them a little loan benefit too? People take loans for all kinds of things. Why just student loans? And these students, by the way, signed on for these loans voluntarily. Nobody twisted these students' arms and told them, go ahead and take this loan. Not one person twisted their arms and said, oh, you have to take a loan. But now you, Joe Biden, think you have the right to just go, oh, that's okay. You're forgiven. Don't worry about the money. We want to help you. We want to just give you money to go buy a house. We want to give you money. We want to give you some money. We're trying to help the most needy people that, you know, they pay money to go to these overpriced liberal schools, and, and, and they, they, they're, they're in debt, so we have, to, we have to help them. Real Is this what this woman thinks the function of government is while we're at it? talking about liberals, our very own Noam Curtis did a rap the other day about this this EMT worker who was brutally murdered by this mentally ill person said to be a loner. If you look at the news today, typical prof, he's a loner, never talked to anybody, Oh, we didn't expect this of him. Well, did you know that before the murder took place, Democrats were in the neighborhood handing out flyers on how people should protect themselves against violent crime. This is what Dem- our own Noam Curtis did the rap play it. Some store owners in Astoria, Queens, are shocked by some of the suggestions a local city councilwoman is making to them to fight crime in their neighborhood, the same place where an FDNY EMT was stabbed to death Thursday. Councilwoman Tiffany Caban, along with State Assemblyman Zoran Mondani, are passing out flyers with their ideas of how to fight off a potential attacker. Some of the suggestions include give the person causing harm the chance to correct their behavior or scream, stop, that's not okay, to a potential intruder. The flyer tells shop owners to repeat those words until the person changes their behavior. Nowhere in that flyer do the lawmakers say to call 911. Caban and Zoran also tell business owners dealing with the homeless to call 311 and to avoid calling the Department of Homeless Services because they may involve the NYPD. Noam Layton, WABC News. So... What you're supposed to do with all these violent criminals that are out on the street, thanks to Democrats, and the mentally ill who are out on the street, thanks to Democrats, when they come with knife in hand to stab you multiple times until you're dead, when they invade your place of business, maybe with an axe, like we had the other week, chopping up the furniture, and threatening your life. When they come at you, 
with their guns ready to commit their crimes, you are supposed to repeatedly say, stop, don't do that, stop, your behavior is wrong, stop, and continue to repeat, stop, don't do that, stop, don't, you're not supposed to call the cops, because after all, the cops are the enemy. So by all, and please don't call the homeless police either. Because we don't want these poor homeless people, even though they may be mentally deranged or criminals, we don't want them to come in contact with the homeless officials because the homeless officials may call the cops. And the last thing we want is police involved in anything for these people who are trying to attack. These are Democrats that are handing these flyers out in this very community where this New York Fire Department EMT worker was butchered to death. Stop. Don't do that. Stop. Your behavior is inappropriate. Stop. Please stop. You're not to just keep repeating. Please stop. Please stop. Oh, no. Stop stabbing me. No. Please stop shooting me. Please stop murdering me. Please stop raping me. Please. Be, your behavior is not nice. Please stop. WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Rock That's steady. Baby, baby. That's what I feel now. The queen. That's how the sound Aretha like Franklin. Let's head back to the telephones. Frank in Staten Island, how are you this morning? Hey, how are you, James? Very good, thank you. This is a, a real pleasure. I, uh, I, uh, I just I'll get right to it. Um, all right. So, number one, uh, I called you about the homeless uh, people. Uh, we have all these homeless people in Manhattan and and where else, and they're unsafe in the homeless shelters. They won't allocate money or security to make them safe in the homeless shelters, so they won't go to the homeless shelters. What are we going to do when the homeless guys? and gals in Manhattan go up to the new immigrant uh, homeless encampment, a thousand bed place, and they knock on the door and they say, hey, I'd like to come in. I'd like to come on these new white sheets and be nice and safe and comfortable up here because I'm not safe down in uh, lower Manhattan. Do you think they're going to let them in? That's one question. Mm. The other thing, I just think this is interesting. Here's the other thing. They're coming in. Nancy Pelosi, you mentioned it before. Nancy Pelosi, well, they could only uh, pick cotton or berries or whatever because, you know, they're ignorant immigrants. How about do something, change the paradigm? How about a Immigrant Education Act? Oh, look at that. You come in. You're an immigrant. You can prove that you're an immigrant. You come in. You say, okay, now you're going to get some special uh, loan program or educational program because – you know um, education fixes broken. 
if you just stay in this paradigm where you just keep throwing money at people that are unable to take care of themselves, we're screwed. Why not educate them? Why not? Whether you give them vocational education or higher education. Okay, no, here's, okay because number one, we are already uh, allowing illegal immigrants to take part in the education of uh, programs. It is illegal to deny, in fact, illegal immigrants and education in many parts of the United States. You can't just say, oh, you're here illegally. You can't. No, 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 no. We were, We have laws. They have to. Now, if you are an American and you are an illegal immigrant in Mexico, you can't take part in the education system there. If you're an American and you go anywhere in the world and you decide, I want to stay here illegally, most places in the world will tell you, oh, hell no, you're not going to be on welfare. No, you're not going to be part of our education system. You can't do it. You're here in the country illegally. You don't have the rights that citizens have. You are illegal. In the United States, we have made it comfortable for illegal immigrants to come here, which is why we are being flooded in record numbers. Right now, we are on track to have over 6.4 million illegal immigrants come. That is larger than the size of states in this. In, in, in this, and that is larger than the size of large cities in the United States. That's just in one year. Our immigration system, thanks to Democrats, is hopelessly broken. The asylum process is a scam. If you go to On the Border, you can find that on Everything's Golden on the WABC website where you get podcasts. We have an On the Border podcast where we've demonstrated the scam that is the asylum system in this country. It is a scam. You already have the quote-unquote, they hate when you say these two words, anchor baby. We already have those scams already where people come over here with the express purpose of having babies in the United States so that those babies can be citizens and therefore get on the welfare programs. We have a hopelessly broken immigration system. Now, you mentioned this tent city that they're putting up in Orchard Orchid Park, or is it Orchard? Anyway... <clears throat> One of the complaints is that the illegal immigrants there cannot operate freely, meaning it is so far from most of the city that they're going to have a hard time getting in and around the city because the transportation in there isn't that easy. And if to make matters more interesting, Mayor Eric Adams has now decided he's going to be in a deal with Norwegian Cruise Lines to get one of these super cruising uh, ships And he's going to house the ship in Staten Island, the port in Staten Island. So we're going to have an immigrant city on a cruise ship in Staten Island. What's Staten? You can't get off the island. (laughs) And immigrants, by the way, are going to be free to come and go as they please, these illegal immigrants. Our policies are ridiculous. This is absurdity. What should happen here? is every single illegal immigrant coming over the border should be deported back to the country of origin. We shouldn't be coddling illegal immigration in this country. I know it sounds mean, but it's really not mean. It's called following the law. The United States taxpayers should not be required to pay for people that are breaking American law. 
Well, what about the children? People know that we are, quote-unquote, a political paper tiger when it comes to illegal immigration. We're not going to do anything. Again, you cannot take your children to any country in the world illegally and expect that country to treat your children as a citizen of that country. But yet that's the expectation here in the United States of America. Respect American law. This is where so much of the breakdown occurs. We're supposed to respect feelings, not the law. Respect my feelings. Respect the fact that I feel it's bad. Oh, okay, if you want boys to come in, there's a story today, another one, about girls objecting. I think this was somewhere in Vermont. I'll have to find the story. Oh, here's a story. I found it. It is Vermont, Randolph, Vermont. Randolph High School's girls' volleyball team has been banned from its own locker room. Did you hear that? The girls' volleyball team has been banned from using their own locker room while school officials investigate a conflict involving a transgender student on the team. It's a huge thing. Everyone's asking, so why aren't you allowed in the locker room? Because there's a biological man changing with me, says one of the girls, that I should not have harassment charges or bullying charges. They're charging the students with harassing a biological man that is in the room with his penis with these high school girls objecting to the fact that he's in there with girls who are naked, stripping down, and he's got this dangly between his legs. And so what is what do they do? They suspend the girls because these girls dare complain about it. They don't want some dude in there with his slung hanging out. And there are the they are now. They are the problem. Not these absurd policies that allow biological men to be in a room with teenage girls. We had a similar incident at a YMCA, a YMCA out on the West Coast, where an elderly woman was thrown out because she objected to having a man in there with young girls. This is all about feelings. Well, we don't want to hurt the feelings of that man who happens to be in there with his dangly. We don't want to hurt his feelings. So, no, let's hurt the feelings of the girls on the volleyball team and tell them, you girls, get out of the locker room. How dare you protest having a guy in here with a slong hanging out? This is absurd. We have now a country. Oh, oh, yes, they're here illegally, but that shouldn't matter. Oh, just let them in because I'll feel really bad if we tell illegal people that, 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 that they can't have everything. Of course they can have everything. Of course. Why, we'll give them their own cruise ship. 
and put it on Staten Island with those Republicans over there. Of course he can come in to the girls' locker room with his penis hanging out. Of course. Don't you feel bad for him? He thinks he's a woman. Oh, you object? Well, then you have to be suspended because you're not honoring his feelings. Folks, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. There is a breakdown in everything. You're not even supposed to be able to trust what you know about biology, what you actually know about science. That's been replaced by feelings. We can't trust what the law is with regard to illegal immigration. We have to trust someone's feelings. I feel they should just be, except in Martha's Vineyard, we can throw them out of here because, you know, the rich people are in Martha's Vineyard. We don't want to contaminate the rich people's area with these homeless people. We need to let them go pick. I don't even know, says Nancy Pelosi, I don't even know why they're shipping them to Martha's Vineyard when when there are so many crops that these Hispanics should be picking. That was Nancy Pelosi. I'm telling you, there is a huge breakdown in almost every, there is a huge breakdown in almost everything that we know to be true and all of the institutions of our government that are supposed to defend the truth. Here is the truth. Criminals who kill people belong in jail. Criminals who rape people and who, who have proven themselves to rape people, they don't deserve to be walking the street. But Democrats say, oh, no, no, that's not social justice. We have to let them out. And so what do our woke DAs do in New York, in San Francisco, in cities all over America? They let the criminals out on the street. And lo and behold, we're surprised right now when we have record crime rates in every one of these cities. We've got people being butchered and murdered in every city across the United States. We have kids that are being killed in drive-by shootings. But we're supposed to ignore all of that. We've got girls now. This has become a huge issue in America, where biological men can go mingle with young girls and with girls, and, and, and liberals think that's okay. And we're all supposed to buy into it, that because these men identify themselves as women, which is okay, I'm not a hater. You want to identify with whoever you want to identify. You want to identify as paint. We hear some people on TikTok say, I'm paint paint. That's my preferred pronoun, paint paint. Okay, you want to identify as paint? Go ahead. I don't care whether paint paint self or whether ZZM is with ZZM. That's how you want to identify. Don't try to make me believe it for me. That's what you believe. Go on out there with your kooky self and believe it. Used to be a free country. You're free to identify with who you want to identify. Don't make me do it. Don't subject my children to this if they don't want to be subjected to it. <sighs> WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this.
soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly, on 77 WABC. The Golden Tip Poll is out. Golden, you say yes, as in James Golden. This is the poll that we do with with Tip. The Technometrica Institute for Public Policy. About once a month, I do a poll with these people. These are the best, most accurate pollsters in the country. And so let me go through the story. It's in American Wire News today. Golden tip poll, Americans mistrust of the FBI and DOJ before and after the Trump raid. Falling trust in this country's institutions is an issue. Discussed quite frequently. Americans losing trust in the stalwart institution and arms of the government spell trouble for the country. Deep distrust can lead to apathy and lawlessness. We are seeing that, aren't we? So in a recent Golden Tip poll, we asked 1,277 adults whether they trusted or distrusted the FBI and the DOJ. 50% of Americans say they trust the FBI. 45% say they distrust the DOJ. 45% say they trust the DOJ. That would be 45%. 50% say they trust the FBI. When it comes to distrust, 51% say they don't trust the DOJ. 47% of Americans say they don't trust the FBI. To me, the numbers are high. I'm surprised if the FBI can hold on to that much trust. Many believe that the judiciary has become a weapon that's being used for political gains. Well, of course they are. Look at what Letitia James is doing on the state level. And now look at what the DOJ has said they would do. This is the same DOJ that said that that was trying to criminalize parents going to school board meetings to try to stop some of the miseducation of their children and also to complain about sexual assaults of their own children. I'm surprised in the Golden Tip poll, frankly, that we have a 50% trust rate in the FBI. I would think it would be lower. Now we've been talking about Allison Russo Elling, the 61-year-old who was killed on her way to get something to eat at a deli, randomly attacked in Astoria. Astoria is such a beautiful neighborhood. Totally random attack. Captured, of course, on surveillance tape. Just stabbed this woman brutally to death. Stabbed in the chest multiple times. Said to be, this guy is said to be 
mentally ill, been battling schizophrenia or something or another. He was taken, by the way, the day he was supposed to be arraigned. There were a lot of fire department employees in the courtroom, and he was a no-show, said to be under observation at a hospital. The mentally ill, they're roaming the streets, folks. Yet we have over a billion dollars poured into the hospitals of one of Kathy Hochul's donors. Because you know what? We don't have enough money. We don't have enough money to get the mentally ill off the streets in New York. We don't have enough money to house and find ways to get the homeless off of the streets in New York. We don't have enough money to educate the children of New York. No, we need that money for Kathy Hochul's donors and their poorly run hospitals. We need that money to give to other Kathy Hochul donors so that they can charge double the amount for COVID tests. But we don't have the money. We don't have the money for you. Hey, Izzy, did you find that other uh, um, uh, Pelosi thing with the kids this week? I do have something here with uh, the Latinos going against That's them. It. Is that the one you're talking about? That's the one I'm talking about. Okay, here's what okay, I want to gotcha. do. Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi again. I want you to hear Nancy Pelosi cut one first. The fact is, is, is that uh, we have a responsibility to secure our border. We also have a responsibility to recognize the importance of newcomers to our nation. Right now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. But that doesn't mean that we don't recognize our moral responsibility as well. When the president, the former, well, occasional occupant of the White House. You know, even now, we have people, a farmer saying, why, why, why are we shipping those immigrants up here? We need them to pick the cotton. I, I'm sorry. We need them to pick the crops down here. Yeah, that's what they're good for, the illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. We need them to pick the cotton. That's what she may as well be saying. Now, earlier this week, Nancy Pelosi, speaking of immigration, was addressing immigration issues with a group of young Hispanics. And you know what? I'm so proud of these kids. They are not going for it. This is what that sounded like. Hooray for these young children. Calling Pelosi out to her face. You are a liar. Now, she talks about the need for comprehensive immigration reform. This is how the Democrats have been playing Hispanics for decades. 
decades. They've been running the same game. It's like, you, you ever see these guys in the street playing three-card Monty? They shovel the cards, and always the poor unsuspecting person picks the wrong hand. At the card. They have the three cards. Can never keep up with them. It's a stacked game. That is what the Democrats have been doing to Hispanics. They've been playing three-card Monty with them on immigration for decades. Democrats could have passed immigration reform this year. Nothing stopped them. They could have done it this year. They had the White House, they have the Senate, and they have the House of Representatives. They didn't need Republicans. You saw they passed this massive budget bill with no Republicans. They could have passed comprehensive immigration reform with no Republicans. They didn't because they don't want to pass it. They had the same thing when Barack Hussein Obama was president. They could have passed immigration reform then. They had the White House. They had the Senate. They had the House of Representatives. What did they pass? They passed Obamacare, remember that, without a Republican vote. They could have easily passed immigration, comprehensive immigration reform. Could have passed it then. They didn't. It's three-card Monty. They tell Hispanic voters, oh, oh, we're for you. Oh, we want to pass immigration reform. Oh, oh, pick this card. Pick this card. It has Obamacare underneath it. This is all a sham. And finally, people are not going for it. Now, I also, before we head to the break, have the Jean-Pierre, please. Let us hear that uh, a student debt with Karine Jean-Pierre. And afterwards, after Karine Jean-Pierre gets through talking, I want to go to Senator Blackburn, which is cut three. So we'll play... Uh, cutting Jean Pierre. Talking about how evil Republicans are that want to cancel student debt. Let's hear that first, and then we'll hear. But, um, you know, when you think about uh, what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to give relief uh, to to everyday Americans, right? We're trying to give relief to uh, working families. We're trying to give uh, relief to working Americans. And the fact that uh, you see uh, folks out there in Republican states that are making it very hard for us to do that, for us to give a little bit of a breathing room uh, to uh, working Americans, uh, I think. It's uh, it's it's really unfortunate because what we are doing is actually popular uh, with Americans. What we are doing is actually giving Americans an opportunity to put money down on a house, an opportunity to start uh, a family, and so uh, that is what uh, unfortunately we're seeing uh, uh, that red these uh, red state. Uh, uh, Republican officials uh, are doing. And remember, this is going to help 40 million Americans who truly, really uh, need uh, just a little bit more space. Do you anticipate, though, that the plan is now? Here is what we know. There are 210 million Americans without a college education. 60% of the student debt is held by those with advanced degrees, masters, PhDs, doctors, lawyers. Only of that debt or 10% of that debt is held by the bottom fifth of wage earners. So colleagues like Elizabeth Warren have this backward. This is a gift to the rich. It is a gift to the high wage earners. It is a gift to those who are going to have incomes. They could pay this back. 
and now to be coming forward with something that say, hey, if you don't like your credit card debt and your student loan debt, go file for bankruptcy. We're going to wipe it all out, and then you get a reset. This is unbelievable. This is not the American dream. This is a socialist exactly. dream. That was Senator Blackburn. And as it turns out, yeah, this whole loan giveaway program, by the by, it doesn't help the poor go buy a house. It's mostly a giveaway to rich liberals. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternly, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. WABC. Then brings us back. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. Well, I'll tell you some of the things that are going on out there, and some of them aren't pleasant. In California, a woman has been charged with uh, killing a man. She rammed her car into him, and uh, yeah, the guy didn't make it. She accused him of trying to run over a cat in the street. And so she ran him over and killed him. She's 20 years old. After she got, they both got out of their vehicles after she accused him of um, trying to run over a cat. And she got back in her vehicle and ran him over. He dead. He deaded. No word on how the cat's doing. I mentioned this story in passing yesterday, and it is a real thing. Pornhub. I have never been to Pornhub. I just know the name. I've heard from some uh, uh, of of people that it's a site where uh, you can, well, never mind. Pornhub and a group of sex workers are now griping that Instagram 
tolerates racy pictures from celebrities like Kim Kardashian while unfairly censoring the porn industry. The group accused Instagram in a letter this week of doing violent and profoundly damaging harm to the porn industry by selectively enforcing its content moderation rules. Though Instagram insisted Pornhub has repeatedly violated their rules. We demand an explanation and guidance as to why our accounts are continuously deleted and why content we spend money creating in in order to engage with our audience is removed even when we do not breach any of Instagram rules, Pornhub and porn stars wrote to meta executives, including Mark Zuckerberg. The letter comes weeks after Instagram disabled Pornhub's official account, which had over 13 million followers. And the people at Pornhub are pointing out to uh, Kim Kardashian. She shared on Instagram a, a picture with her butt out, which is not unusual for Miss Kardashian. There's a story that was in the post today about her plane, which I think was about 120. She, she flies around in a $125 million plane. It must be a Gulfstream, I think. And the strict rules that she enforces for even her family members who want to fly on her plane. Apparently it has cashmere seats, and she wants to keep this keep the seats on her plane clean. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, Pornhub's upset that Kim Kardashian's butt is on full display on Instagram, but their porn stars can't show their booties. I tell you, where's Kamala Harris when we need her to make sure that everything's equitable? <laughs> Uh, a Cornell professor is warning that universities are eliminating the meaning of objective truth. How? With CRT. An Ivy League biology professor is sounding the alarm of how critical race theory curricula is easing the meaning and even the existence of objective truth from classroom. It's teaching generations of students to Treat the truth fast and loose. We're supposed to be training people like biologists that will become doctors to make us healthier, mechanical engineers that will build bridges or skyscrapers. This is what the associate professor at Cornell School of Integrative Plant Science, Randy Wayne, told Fox Digital. I'm afraid that's just where the universities are going, training people to treat the truth as fast and loose in order to obtain just what you want. And in the case of universities, what they want, they call social justice. I wonder how long this guy's going to be a teacher. Oh, there was another story that I saw that um, University of Pennsylvania guy's upset because he's saying that these medical programs, these, these student programs there, they're more interested in diversity than finding the best students And the school, of course, immediately came out and said, (laughs) those aren't our values. We're interested in diversity first. Yeah. Here's something you might want to try or not. A leading Australian sexologist has opened up about living, until recently, under the same roof as her husband, 
their two sons, and her boyfriend. One big happy family there. When I met the father of my two kids, one of the first sentences that came out of my mouth was, yes, I want to be with you, and it won't be just you. Huge article, New York Post won't go into details. Happy living, new family, woman, two kids, and the boyfriend, all under one roof, new family. I mentioned to you earlier the sad news that's coming out of Florida. Up to over 30 people now, according to ABC News. Dad, where are we going to next on the phones? I need to see my screener program in order to determine where we're going next. Let us visit with Colleen in the Bronx, New York. How are you, Colleen? Hi, Bo. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I just wanted to talk about the these migrant tents that are going up in Orchard Beach. I live in the Bronx. I live not too far from there. And I just wanted to share a little story, if I can. I grew up in the Inwood section of Manhattan. And in 1991, I was 17 years old. My parents had gone out to dinner. I was home alone with my 12-year-old sister. Her friend was coming by the house, buzzed her in, let her in the building, and she didn't know that she was being followed by two individuals, two males. They pushed their way into the apartment. They tied us up face down on the living room floor. One by one, we were raped. Oh, my God. Um, They were caught a few days later. They're both in this country illegally from the Dominican Republic. Now, by no means am I saying that everybody who comes into this country illegally is here to rape children. But these two did, and our elected leaders continue to ignore this. I am petrified over what's going to happen with this tent that they're putting up, this cruise ship that they're slapping up in Staten Island. Nobody's getting it. Nobody understands what happens when we allow this sanctuary city nonsense, when, you know, my grandparents were immigrants, my great-grandparents were immigrants from Ireland, Germany. Scotland, Austria, they came here legally. They did everything legal. I'm tired of this. Um, We're, I guess, quote-unquote, fortunate enough that our rapists are in prison. One got 25 to 50 years. The other one got life. But they've both been eligible for parole after 25 years, which they've been denied a few times. But one day, one is going to get out. And that scares me, too. I really wish that our elected leaders would would understand this. And I wish that the people who are voting, especially in my district, I live in AOC's district in the Bronx, wake up and stop voting for these people. They do not have your best interest at hand. They pander to thugs. They pander to criminals. That's all they pander to. They don't care about the taxpayer. They don't care about homeowners. And they certainly do not care about children. And um, that's really all I want to say. But I I, I hope people understand my message and where I'm coming from. Colleen, God bless you. I wish there was something I could say to bring you some measure of comfort. I still hear the pain in your voice, but I thank you for your courage and your bravery with coming forward with your story, your story. It is a horrible but instructional story on what we need to be paying attention to, the safety of our residents. Thank you, Colleen. Hour number two, done. We're coming back with hour number three. Don't go away.
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And so soon, here we are at hour number three. It's amazing how quickly these three hours pass each and every Saturday. Glad you're with us, and thank you for being with us this and every Saturday. Tell your friends we're here on WABC Talk Radio 77. In this hour, we're going to hear from two of my favorite people. The first, of course, is our very own princess, Diana Mee. Princess Di will join us today. Secondly, we're expecting to hear from Sid, the Sid, Sid Rosenberg, Bernie and Sid. Sid has a new book out. I want to chat with him about that, among other things. If you are distressed with what you heard from Colleen's call, let me just elaborate further. I, I was stunned to hear, and you can still hear the pain that she's carrying with her. Of course, not every illegal immigrant that comes into the United States, of course, is coming in with criminal intent. Of course not. But all too often in America, we have illegal immigrants that come here, and what we find usually is that they have been sent home and they're coming back again over and over again. And once again, if you are an American and you do this to some of the other offending countries that send us by the thousands and now by the millions, these illegal immigrants, you can't do the same with their countries. They enforce their own immigration laws. In fact, if you are an illegal immigrant to Mexico and you are deported back to the United States and you go to Mexico again, several years ago, I don't know whether they've changed it, but several years ago, you faced mandatory 10 years in jail. And their jails, by the way, aren't like our jails. As brutal a treatment as you hear that we get in some American jails, like the ones housing the J6 prisoners in Mexico, they're worse. Conditions are worse. Not only that, you can't send your kids to school in Mexico if you are an American citizen there illegally. You don't have access to their health care system, such as it is. You're not afforded the same kind of treatment here. But year after year, we hear about these cases like Colleen. Kate Steneal, of course, killed right in front of her father, San Francisco. That stands out immediately because the left did everything they could to let her killer go. Murdered. And the person here illegally said, oh, it was an accident. I found a gun and I just happened to be playing with the gun. Shot her. She's dead. There have been road rage incidents where illegal immigrants have killed other residents and not charged fully. And this happens time and time and time again. We have members of MS-13, some of whom have been imprisoned. But MS-13 made a concerted effort to send members to the United States so they enlarged their organized crime capabilities. When Donald Trump talked about these things, he was called xenophobic. If you talk about these things, you're going to be called names. You're going to be called xenophobic. You're going to be called 
uh, all sorts of names. But these things do exist. So right now we have a record, record number of illegal immigrants that are pouring through the borders. Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies, on the podcast On the Border that we do with him, has alerted us that we could be perhaps looking at 6 million-plus illegal entries just this year in in a one-year period, the highest on record. Now, all during the COVID pandemic, we were told that all of us had to go get tested, we should, blah, 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 businesses shut down, couldn't go here, couldn't go there unless you got tested, couldn't go to the movie theater unless you were tested, couldn't go to Broadway, couldn't go here. At the same time, we were letting in millions of immigrants unvetted. Unvetted. At the same time, did that contribute to the COVID problem? We'll never know. Because our officials and government aren't interested in looking at such matters. This goes back to what I started talking about this first hour. How do you trust a government that is unwilling to do their jobs. Public safety is the first thing that we have government for, defending the borders of the country, defending the citizens of the country from criminal activity, whether it be from illegal or legal citizens. We have now Democrats who have taken, a, as a matter of policy, to letting criminals out of jail because they're operating under a misguided notion that it is socially unjust to keep them in. You hear them say things like people are in jail through mass incarceration as if we just line up thousands and thousands of people and throw them in jail without any due process whatsoever and that they've done nothing wrong. Democrats are committed to soft on crime policies that have endangered the lives of New Yorkers. We see it every day. At the same time, they failed to provide enough services to fully get a grasp on the large number of people that are walking around the streets dangerously mentally ill. The basic functions of government they fail at. Meanwhile, you have the state's attorney, Letitia James, on a political witch hunt against Donald Trump. There's a story today that a majority of people now, both parties don't want Donald Trump to to run because they think that he should, <clears throat> because of his legal problems. This is by design. This is exactly what Democrats want to accomplish, to prevent Donald Trump from ever running again and to harm members of his family. It's a political witch hunt. Meanwhile, in New York, What has happened with COVID in the nursing homes still goes unaccounted for. The many deaths that happened to people in nursing homes who should have never been there. In New York, the state's attorney is not looking at Kathy Hochul and her donors who mysteriously have billions of dollars in the case of this hospital executive, over a billion dollars pumped into his failing hospitals. He's a heavy donor to Kathy Hochul and to this New Jersey company that gave Kathy Hochul, a generous donation. They get a no-bid contract. They, it appears, price gouge on COVID tests. 
and walk away with over $600 million. Where's Letitia James on any of that? She's too busy running a witch hunt operation against Republicans, against Donald Trump specifically, who apparently she hates. You cannot trust Democrats and in some cases Republicans to do the right thing when it comes to your public safety. They're not taking care of their basic responsibilities to you. These are the things that government is required to do. Protect the borders. Protect public safety. What they will tell you, Mayor Adams will tell you, is that if you are a city worker and you braved the COVID days before the vaccination, that you weren't helping public safety. No, you can be fired now if you refuse to take a vaccination that we are now learning has many problems associated with it. But will they protect you against these criminals who are out killing people, raping, murdering, pillaging? No. Where do you place your trust? Can you place your trust in a media that does all they can to cover for these people and does not report the truth that you know because there are other sources that are reporting the news, the news that these people never bother to report, the news on these vaccinations, for instance. There was a doctor who was one of the first to promote vaccinations who came out this week and says, hey, we ought to stop until we learn more about what the side effects are. He was twice vaccinated, a proponent, and he's saying now he has to, and he says, regrettably, tell people, hey, stop these vaccines right now because there's too much that's happening on the side effects side that is not known. Do you see this reported in any of the mainstream outlets as a matter of seriousness? No, because it doesn't fit a political agenda. Their political agenda, which is to make sure that Joe Biden and the Democrats get as much positive press as humanly possible, despite what they have done to this nation's economy and, more importantly, what they have done to the safety of this nation. Now, we have some people who want to talk about the elections. We're going to get those calls and others. We're going to take a break right now. When we get back, hopefully we'll be hearing from our very own Princess Di. Remember, we've got Sid also coming up and your calls. We've got a busy hour underway. Glad you're here. And we'll be right back and continue right after this.
It's time for a radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, yes, indeed. I'm waiting for the uh, new currency to come out with Princess Di's face on it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, we've got currency with King Charles. I want currency with your face on it. (laughs) I don't know how much it would be worth, James. (laughs) (laughs) Trillions, baby. Trillions. (laughs) Okay, why not? Yeah. So, Diana, Princess Di, welcome. Um, There's so much that has happened in the news. Um, what is your impression of the way that the Democrats have tried to go after uh, Ron DeSantis and turn this entire uh, horrible, historic, in, 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 as it may turn out to be, historic uh, hurricane down in Florida into a political issue? You think going to have any traction with that? Well, it'll have traction with the people who were predisposed to believe it anyway. The Democrats hate DeSantis with a burning hate, the same hate they have for anyone who opposes them. And so it will pass muster because the lies that are told on the left, I see it on social media, are just parroted by all, you know, people who are, as I say, ready to believe the worst about any Republican. I have to say, however, Being in Florida, it has been amazingly impressive, the logistical genius of our governor and how everything was so ready. I mean, I had to evacuate. I was in a mandatory evacuation zone. And so we had to travel across the state and then to return across the state. And there were vehicles staged everywhere ready to go and we traveled quite a distance and through every community there were these you know big boom trucks ready to fix any electrical problem and just the amazing pre-positioning of assets that this guy did was and really has done a good job in a tragedy of getting the electricity back on in a lot of places already that were hard hit. Now, some of them, it's going to be a lot longer. But I I have to say, just from, you know, my bird's eye view of what I've seen in the state, that he has done an amazing job. And that is the view of most people I talk to locally here. Mm -hmm. And of course, those assets are going to be placed according to Kamala Harris. The people of color get them first. Yeah, that did you see the... um, DeSantis spokeswoman on Twitter yesterday having to correct that because there's a lot of fear among people in general. It's like, wait a minute, are are we going to have to go through hoops based on race to get any kind of help from our state government? And so Christina Pushow, I forget her how you pronounce her name, but she has been online just saying, no, it's not true. We are, you know, need only. It's just where the people are hit. We don't care about it. It's illegal to care about color or race when you're, you know, doing rescue or funding uh, effects. But I have to say, no one should be surprised that that is what her uh, Kamala Harris is saying. She ran on this. I don't know if you remember, but right before the election in 2020, she put out a little video 
on how it is so unfair because people don't start out in the same place. And that's the only reason they don't end up in the same place. And communities of color need to have special help so that they are raised to the same starting point so they have equal outcomes. She ran on this. So what she's saying now is exactly the same thing she said before the election. So no one should be shocked. I want reparations. I I think people should demand reparations from her slaveholder ancestors for the unfair start today. No, she did. She comes from the slaveholder side. of. So, I mean, never mind. Let me just be. Okay. What were some of the top issue stories that one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you this week, particularly is this story that ran by, I think, Greg Sargent and the Amazon Prime Washington Post about how Democrats are are facing new threats from the Republicans. And, boy, they had better be ready to deal with these Republican threats. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love it. It's so fun. The panic is setting in as to what it is going to mean when the Republicans uh, win the House in the election, and depending on what how greatly they win by, I mean, if there are a lot of MAGA, new MAGA elected Congress people, this is trouble for the left's agenda, which is why Greg Sargent in the Washington Post is in panic. He's worried about two things. One, that the Republicans will use the debt limit showdown, which happens regularly, to actually try and use leverage against the Biden agenda. Oh, imagine that. Power of the purse, which is the entire point of what we have in separation of powers and, and checks and balances. This is how it works. But all of a sudden, instead of getting the usual establishment Republicans who rubber stamp, uh, thanks Mitch McConnell in the Senate, these, you know, increased debt limits, you're going to have people who are going to say, all right, we want X. If you want this, you know, debt limit raised, we have to make cuts because we were, you know, we're going to help the American public fight inflation by cutting back on government spending. And that is, you know, like showing the cross to Dracula to any liberal and, in fact, to a lot of the establishment Republicans. So that's the first thing he's worried about, that actually there's somebody who may be head of the House Ways and Means Committee, Jason Smith from Missouri, who is already talking about using the debt limit to cut spending, to to roll back some of the Biden agenda. And so this has gotten them just in a panic. The second thing is they uh, there is a, a candidate, Adam Laxalt, and other Republicans who are talking about blocking FBI investigations or rolling back, doing investigations into the FBI and the DOJ for the politicization that has happened. And so those two things scare Sergeant, you know, out the wazoo. He can't believe there's going to be actual Republicans fighting the left who will hold and use their power. This is the thing that they don't think should ever be allowed on the left and, and, and in the Republican establishment as well. Republicans who actually use power to advance the agenda that their voters want. So this has gotten them scared uh, spitless, and (laughs) we're happy about that. (laughs) 
do you still, by the way, how's your candidate there, uh, the uh, Michelle uh, candidate? How's she, uh, Michelle Obama? And have you heard from her these past few weeks? Uh, yeah, is she out there doing anything? Because uh, uh? I've heard from the guy that I say is going to be running for president, and he's he is truly running for president. That would be uh, Gazem Newsom. I haven't heard anything about Michelle Obama. Is she out there, uh, Princess Di, doing anything? I told you, you, you forget. My prediction is she is going to come out the box after the midterms with her book. So, of course, she's quiet now. And you notice that the same author, Greg Sargent, has an article about your friend Newsom, how he's trolling DeSantis. And the first sentence in that article is, says, it's hard to deny that Gavin Newsom harbors garish and cringeworthy presidential <laughs> ambitions. <laughs> Because, you know, the midterms are, what, six weeks away now? So mm-hmm. seven, six, six weeks away. So we shall see if in seven weeks Michelle Obama rears her head and starts making it out to, uh, to get, get garner national attention. The last book that she did, what was the title of it? I bet you don't remember because no one else does because no one cares about Michelle Obama's books. I do. It's called Becoming. And the new one is basically going to be, be about being the new light bringer, which was the uh, nickname that was given to her husband as the being of light and, you know, illuminated one, a almost a messianic figure. And she is going to be, you know, Obama 2.0 messiah. I asked the only woman in America who actually knows her book name. Of course, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> Well, listen, speaking of something you said before, I wanted to answer your question because this gives me such a wonderful opportunity when you ask multiple times the most important question is who do you trust? And I want to answer that with in God we trust, which is our national motto. And that is up to us, the people, especially when the government tries to cut God out. And I want to quote uh, Representative Charles Bennett, who was instrumental in putting, getting God, in God we trust on all our currency. And this is what he said, at the base of our freedom is our faith in God and the desire of Americans to live by his will and his guidance. As long as this country trusts in God, it will prevail. And that is the answer to your question. So thank you for asking. Well, I'm, I'm Diana, I am deeply troubled underneath everything, underneath everything that we are confronting right now, it seems to me that there is a tremendous lack of trust. You cannot, I don't trust anything coming out of the Department of Justice or anything out of the FBI. I don't trust anything coming out of Letitia James' office, the state attorney general. These are the people, of course, I don't trust anything coming out of the city council of New York where you have congresswomen walking around just say, oh, you, when, when you're confronted, just say, stop your behavior. Stop your behavior. That's supposed to stop criminals. I don't trust anything coming out of an educational system that thinks it's okay to put boys with their penises inside girls' locker rooms. 
I don't trust anybody. There's an educational system that demands we bow down and ignore what we know about basic biological science on Earth. I don't trust the media that will not report accurately on almost anything. I hear stuff that sounds kooky to me now, like or used to sound kooky, like um, child trafficking rings and all this stuff. And who knows what's going on? Because we don't get accurate reporting anywhere from any source. Financial. Well, here's, a, here's another thing to add to that question that you have. Look at Ghislaine Maxwell. How many of her clients' names have been made public? She's quiet, in, and this was why she was put in prison for child trafficking, basically. So that is, a, I think, evidence that there is a conspiracy because that information should have been made public as part of her trial. So who do we trust? Diana, you have the answer. In God, we trust. Indeed. Thank you so much, Princess Di. We'll look forward to hearing from you. During, I'm still, Michelle's not going to be ever nominated for anything. <laughs> Outside I of want that. I my hundred bucks after the midterm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Princess Di, thank you as always for being with us. We'll look forward to catching up with you in the week ahead. Thank you so much, Princess thank Di. Thank you, Sir James. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternly, coming back. We've got Sid coming up a little bit later, but your calls are coming up next right here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Don't go away. politics and so much more a true connection to real new york on 77 wabc wabc godfather of soul jb Let's head to the telephones. Oh, before we go to the phones, yes, I know I promised we'll go to the phones. Beto, Beto O'Rourke was, <laughs> Beto, 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 Beto O'Rourke, and it was in the debate. He had his first debate. They had the first debate down in Texas. And Beto, Beto was asked the question about defunding the police. What we don't. We we have his answer, but then we have an earlier Beto on the same question. So that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear the way that Beto O'Rourke answered the question about the police, and then immediately you'll, you'll hear what Beto had to say earlier, two years ago, about this. With the same question was posed to him. Let's hear it. Do you support measures to defund police? You have sixty seconds. 
Of course I don't, and and no one does. I, I really love that uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center to defund, and then also in in some necessary cases, completely dismantling those police forces and rebuilding them. And I think the the city council in Minneapolis made the right decision. You you, you don't have one bad apple. You don't have four bad apples. You you have a a system wide problem in that police department and only by completely dismantling that system and rebuilding it intentionally with the community members at the table. Do you have any hope of, of getting it right? So there's Beto, there's Beto now and then (laughs) play that again. I just love it. Do you? No, of course not. Nobody thinks like that. (laughs) Do you support measures to defund police? You have 60 seconds. Of course I don't, course and, I don't. and no one does. I, I really love me. that uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center to defund, and then also in, in some necessary cases, completely dismantling those police forces and rebuilding them. And I think the, the city council in Minneapolis made the right decision. You, you, you don't have one bad apple. You don't have four bad apples. You, you have a, a system-wide problem in that police department and only by completely dismantling that system and rebuilding it intentionally with the community members at the table. Do you have any hope of, of getting it right? I love Beto O'Rourke. I hope they keep running this guy. This guy is every time he runs, he loses. I hope they keep running him year after year after year. This guy is hysterical every single year. They, they, right now they're asking, remember last election cycle, he ran out, he was talking about he wants to go confiscate people's AR-15s. They asked him about that, too, and he danced around that. He doesn't want to come out and say, yeah, I want to go take your guns anymore. This guy is such, such a good Democrat candidate. Let's go to the telephones, shall we? And let us go to Staten Island. And Jimmy, how are you, Jimmy, in Staten Island? Hello, Mr. Golden. Such a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day, and God bless you. We are having a groundswell here with this ship that uh, the uh, Grand High Exalted Mystic Ruler wants to put in our port, and everybody's going wild over it. They don't want it. No, we're not this, and we're not that, and we're not that, and we're not this. We just have a certain way of life, of living. All of us, and we're very mixed out here, and we all love that we're mixed out here, and we all love and kill each other when we feel it's appropriate. Not kill in the sense that we say murder, but in other words, we all get along, we got to flow. And now to throw a bomb in the middle of it all is going to like probably destroy everything. Well, come on now, aren't you being unfair? Look. Come on, Jimmy. The mayor just wants to put a few thousand illegal immigrants in your neighborhood and just let them wander the streets. What could possibly go wrong, Jimmy? I mean, where's your compassion? I mean, (laughs) James, you're killing me all morning. I'm listening to you. And I twice I told the screen caller, I'm going to vomit from laughing so much. My coffee went over my refrigerator. I had to wash it. You are hysterical. I mean, I mean, come on. Look, 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 look. We're putting this big Norwegian where, by the way, there's a story today that people aren't cruising as much, which explains why the Norwegian Cruise Line wants the wants this deal. But look, you're going to have like this big cruise ship 
It holds, let's say, I don't know, 6, 8, 10, 12, 15,000 people. And we're going to just put it with a bunch of illegal immigrants here. Come on. Get on the ship. Get on the ship. Hey, this ship is laid out. Okay, we probably have some oh, yeah. casino action going on too. So we probably oh, yeah, got. But let me tell you something, sir. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. you dearly. I really do. I really do respect you. I, I want you to know that. I really do. I think you're uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. I, mean, I go back from. But, the, but no, 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 not about you. They're probably going to get off the ship and get on the crew, the, the ferry, and go to. They're not getting on that damn Staten Island ferry. Don't you <laughs> people tell them about this? Look, don't tell them about the Staten Island ferry. Don't you tell them they're here. No speak English for the most part. Don't tell them about the Staten Island Ferry, okay? They can get off that ship and wander all over Staten Island. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Let me know when, let me know when we have said, okay? Dom in Minnesota. How are you, Dom? Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. I am doing fantastic, sir. You were, your show today was a hoot. I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank so, you. you know, I am trying to process Nancy's racist comments that Hispanics should go pick strawberries in Florida rather than vacationing in Martha's Vineyard. That's you exactly know, right. <laughs> what the hell? And if they can't yeah. find any strawberries, send them further north and let them pick cotton. No, yeah. I'm sorry. That, those jobs were already taken in the court of the Democrats. Yes. Yes. In my opinion, the media is as racist as Nancy and Joe for not grilling them to a medium-rare steak and feeding them to the public. Unfortunately, yes. for, yeah. You know, unfortunately for, the, for Nancy, there's not a single grape to be plucked in Martha's moral graveyard. But, James, you know, on a more serious note, KJP, uh, our African-American press, uh, you know, uh, press briefer, you know, like Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, Jean-Pierre. Yes, I like the way, I love the way you say it. He's, he's probably experiencing a daily mental breakdown after every press briefing trying to defend a senile president and a racist speaker, not to mention all the other bozos in Biden's cabinet. I'm guessing at the end of the day, she's so tired. She says, I don't want nothing to do with this crap. Even though I am black, I, am, I can't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? You well, know, I do I, know this, that this <laughs> woman comes up with some inventive, very inventive spin that you could only get from her. I often wonder what the qualifications are for being press secretary, other than you have to have no working knowledge of the way the Constitution is set up in the United States or how government really works. All you have to do is care about, look, we're trying to help people not pay their bills. We want them to buy a house. We want people to, we want people to, we, those mean Republicans, we're trying to give people money. And they don't like that we're giving people money. I mean, what's the, what, what, what's the, by the way, what's the Constitution? Is that a burger without a bun? I don't know what it is. <laughs> cool. The Constitution. It's this little, it's this little pesky document that Republicans refer to, refer to once in a while. Thanks so much for the call, Dom. Got to run because we have the one and only Sid Roosevelt. Sid is on the line. What's up, Sid? Oh, this is a big deal for me. I promised, Bo, I come on your Saturday show for months now. And here it is, my virgin debut on the great Bo Snurdly Saturday morning show. Good morning, buddy. How are you? I am fine. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so pleased we have with us Sid Rosenberg. Sid, you have a book out. We're going to talk about the book. But first, 
I'm going to repeat a comment that I made to you when you briefly visited my radio show on the week, during the week. Sid is the number one radio host, he and Bernie, in New York in the mornings. Bernie and Sid. If you don't listen, what's wrong with you? You need to. But more <laughs> importantly to me, I have worked in this business now more decades than I care to remember. And during the course of those decades, I've run into some real pricks in the radio business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And then there's Sid. Sid, you are one of the nicest human beings. You are one of the most intelligent human beings. And by the way, the best-dressed man in all of radio, Sid Rosenberg. And so... Sid, it's such an honor and pleasure to have you here. You're truly one of the good guys, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. I feel like I should be smoking a Parliament cigarette about now, Bo. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) But but on a serious note, you know, uh, you you think I'm a nice guy, and I know I'm a nice guy, and I appreciate that. But there are websites, literally websites, devoted to hate Sid out there today. And some of those folks, believe it or not, are Republicans. They agree with me. But they still hate my guts because the envy is so huge in America today. Nobody wants to see anybody succeed. God forbid Sid Rosenberg is number one with Bernie, number one without Bernie. Nobody wants to see that. No, they want to see everybody mediocre and or fail because when you succeed, it reminds them of just how mediocre they are. Republicans and Democrats, by the way. So I appreciate the, uh, the flattery uh, coming from you. It means a lot to me. You've had a great career and, of course, all those years alongside the late, great Rush Limbaugh. So this is an honor for me, too, Bo. So thank you very, very much. I said you have a book, Citizens United. Tell us about your book. Well, the book is doing very, very well. Uh, I initially wrote it, Bo, to pay homage to my late father, who died two Julys ago, Harvey. I miss him desperately. My life is not the same without him, especially when the Giants are playing on a Sunday or this week during the high holidays for the Jewish people. But um, I went to the publishing company, and, in the same spirit, Bo, as Tim Russert, my old friend Tim Russert, his father died. He wrote a great book called Big Russ, which talked about their relationship, Buffalo Bills football and all that good stuff. And the publisher said, Bo, they said, listen, we love the idea. Uh, we'd love to hear great stories about you and your father and you and your son, Gabriel. But they said, Sid, we listen to you every morning. You could be talking about Eric Adams one segment, then Donald Trump then Phil Sims, then the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Why limit yourself to just stories about your father? Give us everything, Sid. And so I, uh, I did that, and Citizens United is one big opinion book, Bo, on just about everything from pop culture to entertainment to Tom Brady and sports to Donald Trump to local politics to national politics. You get it all in Citizens United. It's a fun read. Well, and people can get it where? You can get it uh, at Amazon right now. I mean, there are bookstores. It's really surreal, Bo. I walked into the uh, Barnes & Noble on 14th Street and Union Square a couple days ago, and there's my face right there on a a bookshelf with Citizens United. So local bookstores are carrying it. But the best way to get it, Bo, is to go to Amazon right now, put in Citizens United. You get 10% off this week for the uh, high holy days. And I think you folks will really enjoy the book. Well, now talk to us about your dad. You know what? To me, you, you know, I was fortunate, um, I, I said, not only did I have my dad as my hero, and I mean, my dad, to me, was just everything. I mean, this was, I will never be the man that my father was, and I wish I could be. My father was a giant. He was one of these guys, he was a, a Korean War vet, a World War II vet, wow. but 
the thing that I remember most about my father, if you have to sum up your life with your father, my father was a kind man, and that's what he, that's what he stressed, kindness. Go through life, be kind to people, be kind. And that was one of the things that I think I will always remember about him, his heart. And then I was fortunate enough to have uncles and, and, and uncles that were like dads to me, too. I don't think there's any I, – I, growing up with a dad that you adore is just something – it brings something to your life that, that nothing else will. Talk to us about your dad. I think you just described my dad perfectly. Talking about your own dad, Bo, there's, uh, it's pretty ironic because that's my dad, too. He, you know, he wasn't a war hero. God bless your father, and thank, thanks for the service from your dad. But my dad was a chem- chemical engineer, but he also was a very kind man. I come from a very, very big family, Bo, huge family. And my dad was the patriarch of the whole family, whether it was a cousin who needed to get picked up at the airport at 3 o'clock in the morning, an aunt or an uncle who needed some financial help. It didn't matter. Everybody always called Harvey. When a neighbor needed help with their math homework, they called Harvey. And my dad went through a lot of rough times at me, which is well documented. And, you know, I had a, a troubling past, to say the least. And he had to go through all that with me. And it bothered me for a long time. I think the, the best part for me, Bo, was that when my father did finally pass away two summers ago, he saw me at the very top of my game. He saw me, uh, you know, uh, succeed here in New York. He loved Bernie, as I do. And he saw me and Bernie go from basically oblivion to one of the top shows in the city. He wasn't here when we hit number one, unfortunately, but he did see the progress both personally and professionally. So when he did finally pass Bo, he was proud of me, and he was ready to leave. I spoke to him the night before, and I said, Dad, I know you're tired. It's okay. Yeah. I get choked up. I'm sorry. And, uh, and no. that was it. But, uh, and it was also, by the way, during the COVID time, so Andrew Cuomo didn't allow me to go see my father. We spent the last six months of his life FaceTiming each other, which was really, really rough. I couldn't see him. It was a difficult time, but um, my father was proud of me when he died, and that's all I've ever wanted, Bo. Let that's me tell it. you something. Everything you said about your father, your father was proud of you from the moment you were born. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. I appreciate that. We were very, very close. He was my football coach, my baseball coach, my mentor. And like I said, uh, you know, every day, Bo, I've been doing shows on Radio Now for 23, uh, 24 years. 2023 will be my 25-year anniversary in radio. Every single day, every single show, my dad would send me a text and say, son, that was great. And I said to him once, I said, dad, the shows can't be great every day. Clearly you're biased. And he said, son, I am biased. But trust me, every day you're great. And the hardest thing was doing that very first show back in July of 2021. And he didn't text me at the end of the show. And that hurt a lot. But um, that was the type of guy he was. He was just very supportive, very positive, very optimistic. And he was a huge, huge force in my life, and quite frankly, still is. And that is something that you will keep the light for your family going, Sid. That's that's what he gave you, because you're a light. And so, you know, that passed on. So it's a wonderful thing. Sid, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate you. Come back and join us, and let's talk politics and whatever else you want to talk about, okay? I would love to. I'm a huge fan of yours, by the way. Your 4 p.m. weekday show is great. Your Saturday show is great. I've known about you for many, many years, and I'm meeting you and working with you. You're a super, super guy, a real great American, and thank you very much for this honor today, Bo. Have a great weekend. 
My honor. Thank you. Said, ladies and gentlemen, Bernie and said the number one show in New York radio, which means the number one morning show in the United States of America. And I tell you what a great guy he is. You can hear it. What a great guy he is. I just love this guy. Citizens United is his book. That said, Rosenberg, Bernie and said every weekday morning here on WABC. We're coming back right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Yes, it's Saturday morning. This will put you in the mood. Rick James. Rick Let's head to the telephones, Nick in Long Island. Nick, thank you for waiting. Hello, James, I appreciate Nick. you taking my call, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very big fan of yours, James. So the horrific uh, murder of that animal uh, murdering the FDNY lieutenant, James, my uh, my nephew, is a FDNY EMT, and everybody's hurting. Everybody's angry. James, I have two questions for you. Number one, why was that animal on the street? Number two, James, we're crumbling. Our city is crumbling. Our state is crumbling. Our country is crumbling. Are we going to win, James? Are we going yes. to win? Yes. And we are, in a, look. are we going to win, James? Because mm-hmm. we have to win. Yes, and let me say something to you. This battle that we are in right now is a battle that has been ongoing since the formation of this country. Liberalism will not be defeated in our lifetimes. It it has not been defeated since the country. This is a constant battle for the soul of America, and this conversation is necessary. But let me just say one thing to you, okay? You say animal, and I understand why, and I understand the anger, but let us do this. Let us also realize that people are afflicted with severe mental illnesses. And when people are in a state when they aren't even in control of their own intellectual faculties or in control of their own mind, we can get angry. We can blame them. We can call them animals. But the point is these people need help. And our government is failing the mentally ill. You can look around at every single prison in the United States. If you watch those shows, like the ones that, that, that are on PMSNBC, Lock Up, and all the rest of the shows, one thing you'll come away with, among others, there are some really bad, evil people. Some of them are on the streets of New York, by the way, let out by Democrats. 
But there are also people that don't deserve to be in prison. They should be getting help for their mental illness because they are mentally ill. There are schizophrenics. There are people who suffer, truly suffer, from mentally ill. And our government, this is one of the first charges that they have, is to not only to protect us from people with these impulses, but to protect these people from themselves and from harming society. And we are failing the mentally ill in this country desperately. And we see the results, and the results are terrible. I understand your anger and your frustration. We have to do more, and this is a fail, a major fail for government to do more to get people that are seriously mentally ill the help that they need instead of letting them loose on the street to inflict the kind of horror that they do on society. Nick, God bless you. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Margaret in Ardsley, New York. Hello, Margaret. Hi, Paul. I'm, I'm calling because I'm thinking about the uh, undocumented immigrants that are coming to, to be on that ship in Staten Island, that they're going to bring them over there. They're mm-hmm. probably going to pay for meals and for cleaning the ship. And, of course. I don't know, providing shuffleboard or whatever, um, entertainment. But um, what really kills me is that during COVID, President Trump provided a, a ship a health care ship, a hospital ship for the COVID patients, and it was never used. Yep. It laid empty. And yep. people, I worked in health care at that time. You know, people I loved passed away. I yep. mean, I was lucky not to get it. And and here we are, we're going to, undocumented, illegal people, we don't even yep. know how many of them are criminals, you know, yep. how many of them are, you know, whatever. And we're just going to put money out for that. Yep. What could possibly go wrong, Margaret? Huh. What, could, what could possibly go wrong? Thank you for the call. <laughs> I love you, Margaret. Thanks so much. Virginia in the Bronx. How are you, Virginia? Well, I love your voice. I listen to you every day just to hear your voice, but I oh, don't want to waste your time. I do have a problem. I understand in Orchard Beach they're putting up all the migrants with these tents. They're yep. saying it's temporary. I don't know. However, I'm afraid. I live in a small community that's right across City Island. Orchard Beach is right near City Island on the mm-hmm. water. I'm thinking that a lot of these migrants are going to get their hands on boats and start passing uh, drugs across in the waters, and there may be water wars in the future. Virginia, I think you are sharing the concerns that many people have over Eric Adams and uh, his plans for the tent city and for the cruise line. Yeah, exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Cheech, you have 30 seconds. Got to make your point. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm just calling about the conversation you had with Sid. I love you both. I started to cry almost. Um, I, I treat my son the same way. I love him so much from the day he was born. So it is what it is. Uh, God Thank bless you, you both. Cheech. That's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Out of time, sadly, again. Three hours comes, goes, fast as three hours now in the media. <laughs> James Golden, a.k.a. Sterling, back Monday at 4. Remember, Larry Kudlow's up next here on WABC. Keep it here, music radio tonight, Cousin Brucey, music all weekend. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back on Monday. See you then. Thanks to my crew. Thanks, Izzy, Avery, Scott. Thank you all. We'll talk to you later. Bye.